got Greg here setting up the next one. It looks like Michael Dermer is here. Hey, Michael, sit down here for a second. So Michael Dermer is a good friend of mine, uh, long-term healthcare guy, very involved. We had a company called Incent One, and he's just going to sit down for a second and join me here in the booth. And uh, it's great to have you here on oh, Health yeah? Innovation Media. Doing great. How are you? Doing terrific. You're looking dapper today, as always. Thank you, sir. Yeah. So, what you up to today? See anything cool? Um, yeah, it's just amazing. You see uh, such a wide range of solutions um, that you always see at, at Hims, um, and obviously, you know, everybody kind of fighting to figure out, you know, how does it actually deliver results for the for patients providers. It's really right. interesting. And you were most recently at WellTalk with your company Incent One that had been acquired a couple years ago. Yep. You've now stepped out of that. I think you've launched The Lonely Entrepreneur. Yep. And you're also doing consulting work around in incentives yep. in healthcare, which is such a critical issue. So which topic would you like to discuss first, Michael? Uh, so I had formed a company called the Dermer Group after uh -huh. my company Incent One had been acquired um, by WellTalk. And what's really interesting is you watch you know, incentives, as you and I have talked about many times, yeah. you know, 10 years ago didn't exist. Now people are like, well, of course you need to have them. So you watch a lot of these new market companies come and try to figure out how do we get ahead of a market in something as complex as healthcare. So in the Derma Group, we spend a lot of time on rewards and incentives, but also a lot of time just on go-to-market strategies. Right. You know, how do you bring a new product to market because incentives was completely new. Um, and you actually did this. You brought a new company to market, so you have the expertise, as well as that deep expertise in incentives, so you kind of can do both. Yeah, what's interesting is, you know, if you're ahead of the market a little bit, at the time, you're crazy. And then as people look back, if it comes to fruition, they say nice things like, you're ahead of your time. Yeah, exactly. Um, but at the time, <laughs> you know, customers don't say to you, you're ahead of your time, so let's buy your solution. So no, you're whacked. Yeah, you're whacked, <laughs> right. We're, we're never gonna, you know, the, the comment to us was, we're never going to reward people who are the unhealthiest. Right. These are the people that are not doing what they should no, be doing. No, we'd like for to punish them. Right. <laughs> and so anyway, it's it's just interesting to watch over a period of time. And right. you and I talked about that. It really it's that tough balance between how do you be far enough ahead of something that what you're doing is unique, and yet not so far ahead that it doesn't fit into changing reimbursement and the complexity of the healthcare system, and it's a really tough balance, and frankly, you know, requires a, requires a lot of capital. Uh-huh, yeah. so what is the latest in incentive? What should people really be considering? You know, they've been used in the employer space for a yeah. while, yeah. some successful, some not. Yeah. Are you, is it gonna move into the whole provider space as we get to value-based, things like that? Are those some of the things you work on? So a couple of things. Not one, um, it's now pretty much expanded to, with the exception of pharma, almost every specter of healthcare. So as you know, Medicare passed regulations last right. year. It's happening at the Medicaid level. So it's pretty much an accepted And so the practice. Medicare regs, in essence, many people may not know this, yeah. allow for what? Yeah, so previously, for 50 years, um, there was a limit on you could do very limited things under Medicare. Right. Give away $50 a year for a very limited set of behaviors. And what Medicare realized, which most people did, was you need to have incentives to drive behaviors. So they basically opened it up. They said there's no dollar limit on the dollar of incentives. Um, the amount you give away just has to be kind of quote unquote reasonable relative to what you're getting somebody to do. And they opened it up to, you know, not every behavior, like you can't do outcomes, but they want people to experiment with it. So now MA plans are 
really moving forward quick and fast with trying to how to do, use that to drive gaps in care, star ratings. So that was a major development. Um, in the, as you mentioned, in the employer space, you've got most large employers spending $1,000 per employee on incentives. And so the level of sophistication of getting to um, you know, real outcomes-based incentives that we've talked about, I think this year it's going to be probably go over 50% of companies will use some kind of outcomes-based measure. But then also being um, more holistic about it. So thinking about things like not just health behavior, but what if I get somebody to go to a lower cost MRI? Right. I can save money um, to deal with the whole, am I getting a return on investment? Yeah, and I've seen some cases where they take that, send them off to, uh, if you'll go use this network or these providers yeah. who are lower cost, we're going to share some of that savings back with you, Absolutely. The, the, uh, our employee, yeah. to, uh, to incent them to drive that behavior and help them control this growing healthcare cost. You see that a lot in the transparency solutions. Mm -hmm. um, and, but the basic idea is, don't just think of behavior as improving your health. Right? It's a whole holistic set of behaviors, so if I can steer to a network or if I can you know, go to an MRI that costs $500 versus $2,000, why wouldn't you employ engagement tools like incentives to drive them? And for employers, you know, the struggle has been, how do I get ROI? Right. Because we're trying to deal with smoking cessation nutrition, but if you could combine things that produce an immediate ROI, like lower cost imaging and some of the things we're talking about, with that, I think it gives kind of more of a lever to go to the financial folks of the world and say, listen, this is not just feel good pie in the sky. There's actually some real numbers. There's some real stuff here. Yeah. No, that makes a ton of sense. So you're you've been you're an expert in this. I mean, you've been doing this for a long time and I've watched you do this yeah. stuff and been able to pick your brain sometimes, which has always been great. So it's been used a lot in the employer space. We're now, as you said, moving into the MA space, yeah. moving into the provider space potentially. And it also is a broader deal. Yeah. yeah. So as they think about, as providers think about this, you know, a lot of times you see providers when they're talking about, well, we'll just, we'll just roll out a population health program yeah. without understanding that there's been a whole load of work done yeah. in this, maybe yeah. in a different space. Yeah. So it's the same thing incentives. So they could come to you at the Derma Group yeah. and say, hey, you understand these. Let's now get your expertise in as yeah. we want to build a provider-based incentive program yeah. or, a, or an MA plan incentive program. Yeah, so when you think about, it all comes down to getting a consumer provider to do something. And at the end of the day, healthcare, we've got to get one of those two audiences to act. And those are individuals, right? So they make a certain amount of money, they spend their time a certain way. So you learn just about how dollar values affect behavior. So on the provider side, it's very much going to mimic what happened on the consumer side. On the consumer side, people said there's plan design with an incentives in it. Right. And now people have accepted that you need incentives to complement that because something like plan design can't prevent you from eating pizza. Right. The same thing's going to happen in the move to value on providers. They're going to come up with the basic you know, revision of the fee structure to be more value-oriented. And within that, there'll be incentives, but they're also going to need supplementary incentives to drive different things. See, so you brought up something I wasn't even thinking about. So when I was talking about it, I was saying, okay, as the, as, as the risk moves to providers, they need to consider incentives for their patients yep. to drive them. But you're talking about incentives to drive the provider yep. behavior as well, yep. which makes a ton of sense. Yeah, and I think you're going to find um, it's going to dovetail with the consumer. So take you know, readmissions, right? Right. So somebody checks out of the hospital after hip, hip surgery and they get their care plan and the hospital now is going to get reimbursed very differently, right, if they get readmitted in 30 days. At some point, that patient is just going to be enrolled in an incentive program. It uh -huh. says, go to your follow-up visits, do your physical therapy, take your meds, do that stuff because they can do math, right? It's how yeah. many people reach out. <laughs> so I think it all comes down to what we said before and you and I have talked about many times, it's just behavior. And it's just a matter of how do you apply it to different audiences, different ways. So on a sort of high level, 
you know, I was not digging down the weeds because people always want to pay you to do that. But where do you, um, what sort of incentives tend to work? We know that some sort of incentives maybe are less effective. Yeah. Just on a general basis. Really, um, cash and cash equivalents are by far the most effective incentives. So in healthcare, that's money off your premium, money in health savings account, a gift card or a debit card. Okay? And that mimics what happens with consumers outside of healthcare, right? So when you look at loyalty programs, for example, millions and millions of choices that consumers make of saying, I want to pick a certain incentive. I can pick cash, I can pick debit cards, I can pick a TV. 98% of people pick either cash or debit cards and gift cards. Okay? Uh -huh. People get the economic value of it, so it's those cash and cash equivalents that work the best. And there are some things around behavioral economics in terms of how you present this Absolutely. to it that also have a profound impact. Right, so there's a lot about you know uh, risk of loss, you know upside versus downside, positive right. versus negative. It all kind of works together, but even how you layer incentives next to each other, right? So if I give $50 for um, getting a biometric screening, I really can't give the same $50 for improving your BMI by 10%. So it, it's, it all is both kind but of art and It becomes a science. complex process to work through that whole system structure, incentive this way yep. with risk aversion, incentive that way with yep. a positive, and, right. this, and, and so you, that's sort of what you work yeah, on. Yeah, somebody says, okay, I think I'm, I'm willing to spend $500, go. You know, <laughs> okay. Give me the optimized way of doing that. If you remember a couple years back, people were saying, well, everybody's going to do sticks. Yeah. And I'm a big believer that every program should have sticks in it, and it should be you know, partnered with, with carrots. These days, the, probably five or 6% of companies are using sticks. Mm -hmm. you know, they're, then they're tying it to very specific things. So I think people have realized, okay, sticks may work, but if I'm ultimately trying to say to you, Fred, behave better, I can only hit you over the head so many times. So I think there's a, you know. It may need a lot in my head. We just learned a lot over the course of time. And unfortunately, when we were running these programs, we didn't have a bias, right? We were the executor of it. So when data came in, we weren't trying to push people to a certain result. We just kind of got in, at the time we sold in Cent One, we had about 50 million transactions. So we're just looking that objectively and saying, okay, if I give something away positively versus negatively, if I get $50 versus $25, if I do it with, a guy age X versus a woman age Y with these mm -hmm. demographics to come through. And it's just, you know, it's experience that's happened over the course of time. Well, fantastic. Well, incentives are a key area now. I think we're going to see more and more of that. Yeah. Um, you're, I mean, you know that stuff better than anybody I've ever seen in the country. It's so fantastic to have you on. Thanks, Michael, for joining us here. Nice talking to you. And remember, always. if anyone wants to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Uh, just at the Dermer Group. So it's uh, www.dermergroup.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.